And then that one person walks in, and everyone knows who that one person is. Christmas party, high school reunion, you're at a business meeting, that person walks in, everybody stops. Everybody stops. If you want that kind of respect, it's going to require a different level of mental and emotional toughness. That kind of respect has got to be earned. And that's only saved for those that are willing to go through excruciating mental and emotional pain to get there. It's there for everybody, but you can't go buy it on Walmart aisle 17. You got to earn that part. The following podcast is a She Did It and SydneyNanberg.com production. Welcome back to the She Did It podcast. My name is Sydney Nanberg, and I am the creator and founder of She Did It and SydneyNanberg.com, your self care and mindset resource. If you are listening to this, thank you because you are committed to investing in your own personal growth and development, and I appreciate you being a contributor to this community. My intention is to consistently share valuable information and lessons to help you live a fulfilling life. I want you to come here looking for inspiration and leave with the tools you need to take on whatever it is you are going after. Achieving fulfillment starts with taking the first step, and you're doing it. Hey everyone, it's Sydney. Welcome back to the She Did It podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time today to join me. I appreciate each and every one of you and I love hearing your feedback after applying what you've learned on this podcast. This podcasting community is growing and it's all thanks to you. I am so grateful to be able to share what I've learned in life and make such an impact. Listening to these episodes just shows that you are committed to creating a life that is fulfilling. And if you are finding these episodes valuable, please leave a review. I would be so grateful. Today, I actually want to read one of the reviews on the She Did It podcast to show you my appreciation. And when I tell you I get the chills reading these, I'm not even joking because my life's mission is to make a difference. This review is from Amanda, and you can see this review in the review section. And Amanda said, I am a true believer that the universe brings things to you when you need them the most. That is exactly how this podcast came into my life. Sydney's no excuses attitude is everything. This podcast has had such a profound impact on my motivation. It's insane. Thank you, Sydney, for everything you do. It's such a refreshing change listening to someone who genuinely wants to help people. Amanda, if you are listening to this, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to these podcasts, to write that review, to let me know your feedback. It means the world to me that you are finding this valuable, and I hope that it continues to add value to your life. Now let's talk about today's episode because I had the great pleasure to sit down and speak with the one and only Patrick Bet David. Some of you might be one of his 1.3 million followers on Instagram or maybe you follow him on one of his other platforms. Patrick is a highly successful entrepreneur, content creator, producer, author, and CEO of both PHP Agency and Valuetainment Media. He is constantly sharing his passion for business while educating and encouraging entrepreneurs and business-minded people across the globe. It is insane. I've been following him for such a long time and I'm always inspired by his content. From an infant exiled from his homeland during the Iranian revolution to a self-made decamillionaire, Patrick has worked to create the American dream. After escaping Iran to survive and living in a refugee camp in Germany, Patrick finally made it to California, joined the army, which then led him to creating his business empire. Patrick and I will be talking about entrepreneurship, 
the reality of entrepreneurship, life obstacles, how to overcome roadblocks to achieve success, taking breaks, mindset, and so much more. Not to mention you'll get to hear Patrick's inspiring story packed with value, tips, and advice. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, then keep on listening and let's dive in. Welcome, Patrick, to the She Did It podcast, a He Did It episode. I'm so grateful to have you here today. Hey, it's good to be on with you, Sydney. So I've been following you on social media for quite some time. You have an incredible work ethic. You've built up a life that so many people dream of, and you're always putting out quality messages that are beyond encouraging. And I actually just rewatched one of your IGTV videos. Um, it was called The Toughest Thing to Learn in Life, and it was about who you take advice from, right? And yep. this one actually, this this is actually one of the reasons why I love your content. And it isn't just about entrepreneurship and private jets. It's about real life and mindset. Mm-hmm. And what resonated me with me uh, with this video was the, the example you gave of the woman who was given advice from someone who was older and told her to slow down. And for me, that's something that actually happens to me a lot. So I see my grandparents who built the successful business I ask them for advice they tell me the same thing and I get confused just like like what you said in the video and you said she was confused and you said that she was good at receiving advice because she was she was weighing her options and processing and I like when you said the advice is coming from a 70 something year old and they aren't necessarily thinking of where you are at in your life and it's about how we process advice and you said if we have our minds made up and we're looking for an easy way out or a shortcut, then the advice we get from everyone around us will be exactly what we want to receive. So you have this incredible insight, this powerful outlook on life that clearly shapes the decisions you make in the life you currently have. You've built a brand. You're impacting lives. I want to learn about your story and start from the beginning because so many people just see what's happening now because of social media, you know? So what was like life before where you are now in entrepreneurship? I mean, you know, talk about anxiety and panic. I was born and raised in Iran and I lived there for 10 years. And the time I was born uh, is during the revolution of Iran in 1978. And then we lived there for 10 years. Iran-Iraq war took place. Um, Six weeks after Khomeini died, uh, we escaped Iran. I went to Germany, lived at a refugee camp there for a couple of years. And then came to the States uh, in L.A. Uh, California, didn't speak any English, went to school. Right after high school, I joined the army, was in the army for a few years, and then I got out, wanted to be a bodybuilder. I was going to be the next Middle Eastern Arnold Schwarzenegger, and (laughs) I was going to go be a Hollywood star, marry a Kennedy, and one day run for office. And then uh, I met a girl. I met a girl at uh, Venice Beach, California, who worked at Morgan Stanley Dean Witter as a broker. And uh, we started dating, and she would always pick me up in a different car. I couldn't believe uh, the kind of money she was making. I said, what business you're in? And she said, I'm in financial industry. I said, how can I get into it? And then she told me that uh, you need a four-year degree. You need to go to college. She was from UCLA. And I told her, I said, I'm, I'm definitely not going to be going to college. I said, what's another route? I said, they're not going to hire you. So I said, okay, let me see what I can do. So I took my resume and I put a cover letter on top of it. The cover letter had the best joke I had at the time. And I faxed it to 100 different places. And on the bottom of the joke, I said, if you're laughing, this is exactly how clients are going to feel when they do business with me. They're going to love me. If you want somebody like me, part of your team, give me a call. Next thing you know, out of the 100 faxes I sent out back then, it was fax. Uh, I got 30 callbacks. 15 of them wow. called me to just say they love the joke. The other 15 offered me a job interview. I went to the interview, three of them offered me a job, and uh, 9-10, a day before 9-11, I started working at Morgan Stanley Dean Witter. 
And I was 21 years old at the time, 22 years old at the time. I got my Series 7, all of that. And then I left Morgan, went to Transamerica. And then October of 2009, which exactly 10 years ago, started our insurance agency with 66 agents. And today we have over 12,000 agents in 49 states, around half a million square feet of office space. And, uh, you know, it, it's gone from a, a, a basic agent selling policies to build it in distribution channel. And then obviously part time, I started a YouTube channel and that grew as well. So that's in a nutshell, that's my story. That's crazy. I think it's all, all about doing things that are different and standing apart, especially in such a competitive market. There's so many people that are that want to do the same thing in, in life. But in order to actually get to to where you want to be, you can't necessarily listen to what everyone has to say and you have to do it your own way. And I'm, I'm very out of the box. So that resonates really well with me. When I first moved to Miami, when I dropped out of college, I, I had, you know, a couple weeks to get a job because, you know, I was, I needed to figure out how I was going to support myself. And before I started my marketing agency, and it's funny because the first day I got to Florida, I printed out my resume, but I printed it out in like hot pink paper so that people would recognize me. And I was like, I don't care if it looks unprofessional people will remember it it has my experience on it and I did it differently and I walked into a bunch of stores and I landed a job that day and, and someone said someone was like, like oh it looks like you know legally blonde is walking in here and I was like no. that's the, that's why I did it that's exactly why I did it so so okay so during your journey you know that's your story in a nutshell what were some of the major obstacles you faced because that's a lot of things to happen at once you know mm -hmm. like what was it like going through that what road blocks did you hit and how did you overcome that because there's this huge misconception right now with social on social media with entrepreneurship you know they see these people living these incredible lives but i want to talk about the reality yeah yeah that's true i mean i i i uh i agree there's a lot of misconception going on out there you know for me uh on the way there when i first left the military i felt miserably when I tell you miserably, I mean horrible. I was I had no idea what I was doing. I had no clue how to sell. Uh, one day I was in debt $49,000. I went to the recruiter uh, that uh, recruited me into the army. And I said, maybe I got to go back. And he said, you're serious. I said, yeah. I said, I don't know if this civilian life is for me. And then my dad sat me down one day and says, listen, Pat, you know, God makes certain people big and uh, intimidating like you. I'm 6'5", 240 to become police officers. He says, you need to go be a cop. So I went to become a cop. And, uh, you know, they came back and they said, you can't be a cop because I had 16 speeding tickets. And obviously they don't like having <laughs> cops that have 16 speeding tickets. Right. But at the same time, when I first started the business and I was in debt 49, and I decided to stick around and not go to the army. I was uh, dating a girl. We were together for three years and, you know, we were getting ready to get married, all this other stuff that didn't work out. That fell through. So I'm in debt. I'm going through my challenges. I don't have the right relationship in place. I'm frustrated. I still haven't found an industry that I feel like I fit in. I always feel like I was a little bit different from the crowd, not, not fitting in, in any specific crowd. I can get along with everybody, but I'm trying to figure out my space. And then all of a sudden, you know, in the business, when I first started, you know, I had no idea how to go find clients because at Morgan Stanley, Dean Witter, clients were million dollar clients. I didn't have clients that were million dollar accounts. I didn't know millionaires at the time. My dad's working at a 99 cent store at Inglewood and all this pressure is there. Then my dad has a heart attack. So he has a heart attack. He goes to UCLA Medical Center and I go to visit him and I'm upstairs. I'm furious because they're not taking care of him. And uh, they kicked me out of the hospital. I'm downstairs in my car. 
uh, Ford Focus at the time, and I'm just sitting there crying like a little baby for 30 minutes. And it's, you know, crying is not a common thing for a, a guy that's uh, macho, tough, and all that stuff. But deep down inside, man, you got to figure out what you're all about. And I had hit rock bottom in every aspect of my life. I had How hit old rock were you at this point? I am 23 at this time, 23 years old at this time. And, uh, you know, I sat there and said, I don't really know what I'm going to be doing. I, I didn't think uh, there was any kind of a way out. And then suddenly that night, I got clear. I said, you know what? There's no way in the world I'm going to live a regular life. Uh, no way in the world. I went through all the tough times, Iran, everything, to be in the situation that I'm at right now. I went to sleep that night. I woke up. You wouldn't recognize my eyes. The next day, everybody thought I was a whole new human being. They couldn't even figure out what happened to me. The, the old Pat died the night outside of the hospital when my dad was in the hospital. That night, the old Patrick B. David died. The next one was born the following day, and I went to work. And when I went to work, everything was different. It was uh, very much intentional. There was a purpose behind it. Uh, it wasn't about the focus that I had at the time of going to nightclubs five, six days a week. You know, it was uh, the focus of going out there and, you know, making sure this man can stop working at the 99 cents, 99 cent store. And then suddenly things clicked things started coming together. And then from there, obviously, the rest is history. I think that's incredible. And I think that once you have that realization and it can take time to have that realization. And for me personally, it just clicked one day. You know, I personally asked myself when I was in a really low place, I said, if I could do anything right now without fear what would it be and I gave myself three seconds and I that I came up with moving to Miami Beach and that was how it all got started and things just started to fall into place and I started to put in a lot of work um it took a lot it took a lot of mental strength and something that I really like about you and your content and what you're doing is you also talk about um mindset and I saw a post or a video a while back I can't remember which it was where you were up with your team recording videos or working on something and it was late at night maybe you said like 2 a.m and we're just living in this time where entrepreneurship is coming across as something that's instant that's easy it's like okay you know that's, you know yeah. it's yeah you can just do anything online and make a lot of money and it's something that allows you to just create your own schedule and do what you want to do when you want which it does in a way but that doesn't mean not putting in the work right so how many hours would you say when you started building your brand that you dedicated to this growth? Were there sacrifices that you have had to make? And, you know, how have you been able to accelerate your growth over the years? Was it your drive? You know, I, th I know there's so much more to it than just, oh, I have an idea. Yeah, it is. So listen, there's four reasons why we make money. First one is uh, survival. You're, you're kind of making money to be able to pay your bills. And when you're in survival mode, it is the least creative phase to be in because all you're thinking about is your next breath. You're not thinking about, you know, you're thinking about your late payment, your car payment, your rent, your everything. That's what you're thinking about. So survival is phase number one. Second phase is, uh, phase is a status. Status is uh, why we post pictures on Instagram. Look where I'm at. Look at my car. Look what I look like. Look how pretty I am. Look how attractive I am. Look at my muscles. Look at my you know, a jet here. And so that becomes status, phase number two, which is very common. And almost all of us go through it on uh, phase number two. There's a brother that's got a, a condo before you. So you got to go buy the condo. There's a sibling of yours or a best friend of yours. And now your best friend has a house and you don't. And you're trying to compete, right? The, the, that's the status aspect. Phase number three is freedom. Freedom is, listen, I want to be able to make the decisions I want to make with my life. So what do I want to do? 
And then phase number four is purpose. It's the you know higher calling. There is something that you want to do that's much bigger than anything else. At one point, you uh, as an individual need to make a decision of who you want to be. And here's what I mean by who you want to be. For example, there are uh, many people who subscribe to the four-hour work week. There are many people who subscribe to a book like Ray Dalio. There's a lot of people that subscribe to a book called Blue Ocean Strategy. There's a lot of people that subscribe to Think and Grow Rich. There's a lot of people that subscribe to a lot of different books, and each of them are not the same. So some people today want to be able to travel the world and make 10 grand a month off an internet uh, website, and they right. want to go see the world. And that's totally fine. But that's if, if a person, like I could never see myself doing that. And, and the same person that wants to live that life Sydney can never see themselves doing what I'm doing. They look at me and they think I'm crazy. Like, this guy's out of his mind. You know, he he, he right. runs an insurance company. He's got a family of three. This guy's running a valuetainment channel with 1.6 million subs and a few billion minutes watched. This guy's doing investments on this site, sits on this board, is working on a book, working on a, a film project over here. I don't know if I want to have Pat's life. You see, that part's irrelevant. It's who does the person want to be, Right. It's the famous scene of Notebook where Ryan Gosling tells her, what do you want, right? And what do you want? Us, yeah, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. like, most of us haven't had that moment with ourselves. Everything's about what the rest of the world wants from me. No, here's what Pat wants. The moment I got crystal clear about what I wanted and I could care less about what the world said about what I wanted, then it was to find people who support the vision life that I want to live. And it's it, friends, running mates, investors, like anybody that I hire at this point in my life. I have one very simple criteria. Are you a true believer of PBD and the vision that we have? If you are, great. Tell me why. Uh, tell me how we can do it better. Uh, tell me what you see this becoming better here with where we are today. And if you're not, go find somebody who you could be a true believer of. And then create your own team around them. But uh, the key, uh, Sydney, is to get very crystal clear of who you want to be in your life. And then from there, putting a formula together that solves for the life that you want to live. I think that makes so much sense. And it's it, people today are they're comparing themselves constantly, like, like you said before, but to what everyone else is doing. And it's kind of like an, it's their ego, right? And it comes down, I think, to your mindset. So in order for people to even ask themselves who do they want to be and to even get clear on what they want, I feel like they have to become self-aware so that they're capable of re removing the limiting beliefs that are stopping them from comparing themselves to other people so that they can set better intentions and make better decisions to achieve those goals. Because you're right, just because, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing doesn't mean that or what you're doing, what you're doing doesn't mean that whoever someone that's listening to this has to do the same thing. Everybody can do it in their own way. And I think that you know, like I said, mindset is something that I noticed you talk about. And I think that it's what, what do you, it, it's a big, it, this is a big part of for, forming who, who you are. So what is the biggest struggle you notice that people face when it comes to their mindset and how can it be overcome? Yeah. Most people think they're the only ones that's going through what they're going through. I mean, most people think they are the only ones. Like when I was going through stuff that I was going through in my mind, I was like, man, I bet no one's gone through the, the tough life that I have, man. You know, I, I bet no one's had their heart broken and they've been in debt $49,000. If only people would understand how tough of a life I've, I've, I have, you know, if only people would understand 
how difficult life is. And so what happens with that is we start thinking we are the only ones with the problems that we have. So when I was in the army once, Sydney, I'll never forget this. One of the ex exercises I did, I went a month without talking in the military. So they put me on suicide watch. I don't talk about this a lot, but I, I, I went a month without talking. So my unit, they put me on suicide watch. And they said, well, let's see what this guy is up to. Let's see what he's going through. What's, why is he not talking to anybody? And I was just very focused. I was on my own. I didn't have any desire to talk to anybody. I didn't know anybody in Kentucky. I'm stationed at this place. And they're concerned. But I'm just trying to figure out I'm years old. And uh, I'm trying to find a place in the world. And, and what always kept me going, one night, one of the soldiers is sitting there. And I sit next to him. And I'm now talking to him. I'm like, why, why are you crying? It's like 12 o'clock at night. We're in boot camp. And he's fully emotional. He says, here, read this letter. So I read the letter. And he gives me the letter. And the letter is the fact that his girl is leaving him for his best friend. Okay? And this guy has got the kind of pain. I mean, this girl went to, you know, she went all out in the letter. Like, detailing what her and, you know, why she's in love with his best friend. I mean, it's like stuff you shouldn't say. It's like, look, just move on. But no. I love Bobby and here's why I love him and here's why you you know it didn't work out between us because you chose the military over me and I told you so so he's sitting there crying and we're talking and while we're going back and forth I'm trying to figure things I'm like listen this guy's got a lot of pain and I've seen another guy whose kid was born he couldn't see his kid being born all of this stuff and then another person on the other side gets a letter because every time we get letters, it was like the happiest day of your life if you got a letter. You just wanted somebody to be able to think about you to write a letter to you. So then one guy gets a letter and the guy that gets a letter, he finds out his mom died. So we're sitting here, all of us. One guy had a girl broke his heart and left for left her for his, uh, bro, his uh, best friend. Right. Another one. He missed the uh, birth of his child. Another one's mother died. And I sat there one day. I said, listen, you think life is hard? There are billions of people in the world who will gladly exchange their problems with your problem. You are okay. You're living in a great country. You, 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 you have three square meals a day to eat. You have a place to live. You're healthy. You can walk, talk. You can smell. You can touch. You can feel somebody. There are people that don't have limbs. You know, you, you have access to all of these benefits of living in a country like this. You're in a situation where you're probably going to go travel and see a lot of the uh, country. A lot of your friends haven't seen America. They only know California. They've only lived there. Man, you are the luckiest man alive. And that became a mindset for me where till today, you ask people around me, they will tell you, I really believe I'm the luckiest person alive. Like I get lucky God knows how many times. If I get pulled over, um, seven out of 10 times, the cop lets me go. Okay. So many things happened to me because I, I, I changed the mindset about feeling bad for myself. So to go back and answer a question for you, you know, a lot of times we sit there and we kind of see the situation we're in and, and we feel, we feel bad about the situation we're in, but, uh, the simplest, smallest routines and exercise you create to snap out of it gives you these hacks right. and one of them for me was very simple. Pat, here's what you're going through. That person's going through that. This person's going through this. That person's going through this. You willing to exchange your problem with them? Not at all. So going back to you asking the question, what's one of the things that people struggle with mentally and emotionally? 
is people think they have the worst problems in the world, and they don't. There's, there's a lot of people that have real struggles that they're going through. Now, let me say the other part. I'm not trying to be, you know, cold to the point where no empathy and no sympathy. Not at all. I understand. Like, I got a daughter. She's three years old. One day, a guy's going to break her heart. And I know she's going to cry, not going to want to talk to me. I visualize her closing the door in my face. I don't want to talk to you, Dad. Leave me alone. And, and I'm going to try to make sense of why this is going to be okay. But she could care less about what I'm saying. Because... The first time somebody breaks our heart, I mean, it's the end of the world. We all remember that moment. She has to right. go through it. I got to go through it. Our kids are going to go through it. So it's still not saying to not be empathetic and sympathetic, but it's to realize as a person is going through it, look, it's not the end of the world. You got to toughen yourself up. And the reality is if you really want to have the kind of respect where only a few gain when they walk into a room, if you really want the room to stop when you walk into the room and you command the kind of respect that you would like to have, then you got to shape up and take your mindset to new levels or else you will never have that kind of an experience. You'll be the person that walks into a room and family is going to say, oh, how are you, Mary? Oh, hi, John. Good to see you. Great. I love you. I hope everything's good. I like the post you put the other day. That picture was so great. You look so sweet. You're one of the sweetest people we have in our family. And they move on to the next person. And then that one person walks in and everyone knows who that one person is. Christmas party, high school reunion. You're at a business meeting. That person walks in. Everybody stops. Everybody stops. If you want that kind of respect, it's going to require a different level of mental and emotional toughness. That kind of respect has got to be earned. And that's only saved for those that are willing to go through excruciating mental and emotional pain to get there. It's there for everybody, but you can't go buy it on Walmart aisle 17. You got to earn that part. No, that makes sense. So what are some of your, I know if someone's listening to this right now and they're just in that dark place where they need to make a change, what is that, what do some of your routines look like that helped you to shift your mindset? Because this isn't something that necessarily happens yeah. overnight. It takes time and it takes consistency and you're forming different habits. So what do your routines look like now or compared to back then? I mean, it, the routines haven't changed a lot. Like I was at the gym this morning. I had my trainer here. We were boxing early in the morning. And then I was the first person at the office this morning at 6.30. You know, last night I left the office at 9.45. You know, my routine hasn't changed. My work ethic with what I'm doing hasn't changed. But I'll give you some hacks on snapping out of a, being a, 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 you know, in a negative place or kind of feeling down about yourself. This one formula I'll share with you, uh, Sydney has uh, worked for me for the last, you know, 20 years. It's proven. It's 100% proven. Anytime you're in a funk, anytime you're not in a good place, anytime you're upset at an ex, at your boyfriend, girlfriend, mom, dad, sister, coworker, anytime, make a list of five people and immediately call them or text them and tell them how amazing they are. Talk about one of their gifts. This is so proven to me. I'll sit there at the airport. Let's just say I just had a deal that didn't go through. I just lost 20 million bucks or I just lost $3 million. Okay. A transaction didn't happen for me and I lost a lot of money or something frustrating happened within the company. I'll take a break right there at the airport and I'll text 40 people and I'll tell them, listen, man, I was thinking about you. I just want you to know you're one of the most uh, uh, special people I met in my life. You got a great smile. I hope you keep your chin up. Good things are around the corner for you. Next text. Hey, uh, uh, Sister, I just wanted to tell you, I can't wait for you to have a great year. I know Christmas is coming around. I can't wait to see the entire family together. Next person. Hey, uh, uh, 
Bob, I just want to tell you, the last time I was with you, it was great for you to wish my daughter a happy birthday. Thank you for remembering. Next person. And I'm just telling people about their gifts. By the time I'm done after the fifth text, I forgot about my problems. Everything changed. Hmm. That's a really good way of looking at it. I feel like everyone listening should definitely take note because that's something that is easy for anyone that could, to try today because I think a lot of people think, oh my God, I have to make this big change and it becomes overwhelming and then you know nothing usually gets done. But if you just, that, that's something that's actionable that anyone can do at any time. So I absolutely love that. Um, something that I think a lot of people, including myself, need to work on is patience. So what are what advice do you have with having patience while we're in the process of, you know, whether it's entrepreneurship or we're going through an obstacle, what would you, how, how do you have patience? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one right there. That's a, <laughs> that's a very tough one right there. I mean, look, it, it, by nature, we are becoming less and less and less, uh, more, less patient. Okay. The, the more, uh, uh, everything we want faster, right? We want the internet faster, Instagram. How come that person's not texting me back? You ever text with somebody and you know they read your text and they don't text you back in 20 minutes and you want to kill them? You're like, I know you read my text. We spun back to this thing. Why are you waiting 20 minutes? Like, think about how frustrated we are. And, right. and half the arguments I bet between relationships is because we can respond so quick today. You know, when I was dating a girl, if her and I got into a fight, I had a 30-minute drive to her place. By the time I got to her place, I was over it, or she was over it. Today, if we're fighting, like I can instantly, within a second, respond to you and tell you how much of a bad person you are, and I cannot believe you said this. And sometimes we need that 30-minute break to not be able to respond to somebody because the message changes, right? So that exact right. same principle ought to remind us that every other aspect of our lives sometimes requires uh, uh, patience. You know, if, if you're, if you're trying to build muscle in your body and you exercise, sometimes a week break develops your muscles better than you working out the entire week. And people wonder why does that in bodybuilding? When you take a week off, you come back, you're stronger. Why? Because you're, you needed a little bit of patience for your muscles to be recovering because you've been tearing them apart so much. So then it rebuilds it up in the world of business. When you look at guys, uh, when I was coming up, okay, I'll give you perfect stories of when I was coming up. I went against a lot of different competitors and a lot of them were fierce. And it's so funny. Every one of them I faced, I, I didn't have, I didn't think initially that I was going to beat these guys. It was kind of like, oh my gosh, I can never beat that guy. That guy's got a degree. He's a lawyer. He went to USC. I don't have a degree. If a client wants to decide between doing business with me or him, why would they ever do business with me? You know, all you have to do is say, I went to USC, I'm a lawyer. Here, why don't you invest your money with me? I don't have that. I have to say, hey, I worked at Burger King and I went in the army, invest your money with me. Who the hell wants to invest with a guy that worked at Burger King and they didn't even make me a cashier? I was a, you know, a, a cook in the back doing, you know, Whopper, no onion. That's what I did for a living at Burger King. So, but the point is the following. Here's the point. I watched all these guys. They were more talented. They had a nicer resume. They had a better background. They had a better market. Their family had more money, which means they got into a better market than I did. And I didn't have any of that stuff. My mother went back to Iran. My dad was at 99 cents store, like I said to you earlier. But here's what they lacked. Here's what they lacked. The moment something didn't go their way, it was done. The moment something didn't go their way, oh, I don't think this works. The moment a client changed their mind, oh, I don't think this works. I'm going to go try real estate. I'm going to go to pharmaceutical sales. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. And they changed so many 
different careers until nothing worked out for them. And eventually they found themselves back in square one because they lack patience. See, in order for something to grow for you, in the investment world, they call it compound interest, right? Where your money starts compounding, yep. where you look at Warren Buffett at 52 years old. You know, if you've seen that before, where at 52 years old, he's only worth $50 million, and today he's worth $80 billion. How did he go from $50 million to $80 billion, right? It's the right. compounding effect of your money growing for you. But the same goes as well with the compounding effect of your identity growing compounding effect of the way you process issues, compounding effect of you getting better at viewing problems, where, where all of a sudden you sit there and say, oh my gosh, I handle this problem in a much different way than, than the way I did six years ago. I'm getting better. And, and the more you get better at that, the more money you eventually end up making. But if you lack patience, you know, to, to make it at the highest level in any business, if you lack patience, you're generally going to be having a big enemy to go up against because somebody else will be patient and eventually they'll get the account, they'll get the business, they'll get the client that you could have had, but your lack of patience lost that account. I think that's so valuable. And I have a question because this is a question that I get a lot um, because I'm the type of person where I work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm just constantly going, going, going. Um, but a lot of people will say, Sydney, I want to start a business or I have an idea or maybe it's a client of mine who, you know, I do marketing for and they want to know if it's okay to take time off. And I think this goes back to what we said, to what you said earlier that, you know, it's, it really depends on what you want to do. But I think there's a lot of pressure around, you know, working the amount of hours to get what you want and putting in the work. But at the same time, I also believe you have to have, you know, patience and you have to allow yourself the time to, you have to allow yourself the time to recuperate and to be able to make it through those obstacles. So do you believe in time off? And it's just such a common question that to me is simple. We kind of covered it, but I, I'm just curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about resting, time off, absolutely. You know, yes, resting. I am, I am all for your body needs to recuperate. So for me, even me working 100 hours a week, I, I still need my Sunday. So my Sundays, when I was single, I had a routine, okay? So I knew my needs. And as a man, I don't need to describe my needs. I think it's pretty self-explanatory if you took a science class, right? So I knew everything as a single guy. Yeah. Sundays, I needed to go out there and relax. So I had a spot I would go to by the beach. I did good with the, the sound of waves. I'm all about the water. I have to be around water all the time. And right. so I would go through, the, through that routine. I would go to my same uh, restaurant. I'd have the same waitress. I'd order the same thing. I'm the routine guy. And then I would come back and I had to take care of my body, whatever it took for me to rejuvenate myself on a Sunday. And I'm you know energized again. And then I go back at it again the following week. And then the same thing over and over and over again. Now, that's when I was single. So I'm talking about at 23, 24, 25 through, you know, 29, 30. Now, let's adjust to today. I've been married for 10 years. I got three kids. So today, Sundays is my family's day, whatever they want to do. They decide what they want to do. We go out there and do it. I'm, I am theirs. They tell me what they want to do. We go out there and do it. Like this last Sunday, my son wanted to go to Legoland. We're at Legoland. He wants to go do bungee jumping stuff that he wanted to do. Great. We're going there. You know, you guys want to go swim. We're going to go swim. What do you guys want to do? And then, you know, they need to do their homework as well, but that's what we're going to be doing. Now, on top of that, Sydney, I've been to 40 different countries. I've been all over the world. And 
when I tell you all over the world, I've been to some weird places, uh, very weird places, beautiful places all over the world. Because every year, it was two times a year where I had set up a time for me to get away. One was a four-day getaway, and the other one was a seven-day getaway. The seven-day getaway is a nicer getaway. It could be Europe, it could be Dubai, it could be Argentina, it could be Colombia, it could be anywhere. But that's the seven-day. Then the four-day getaway could be a smaller one. And then every quarter, one of the Saturdays, right after I was done with my last meeting, I would get in the car, I'd go to San Diego, I'd go to Bacaro Hotel, I'd go to Vegas, I'd go to Arizona, I'd go to a certain place, I'd go to San Francisco. And then I would come back Monday morning just to have one day of getting away. That was one once every quarter. That was to refuel, okay? Then if you really want to get into real details, uh, uh, a little bit more detail, you know, every week, I got a massage every single week. I got a massage. I had a local person who would uh, uh, very, very uh, 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 accommodating in our office. I was very big on getting foot massages. So they would come to the office. We'd get a foot massage and I'd get all my salespeople to get their foot massages. And people felt that and yeah. we went back to work. But th the point is this, you know your body better than anybody else knows your body. And you know your spirit better than anybody else knows your spirit. You also know when you're making excuses. You also know when you're working to the point where you probably need a little bit of a re refuel. So because you're getting a little annoyed with people quick or you're too edgy, people are starting to annoy you. People are starting to frustrate you. That's probably a sign that you may need to kind of go uh, 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 refuel yourself and come back. But all of that, you won't learn it overnight. That typically takes a few years to figure out how to accommodate to your own body and drive it at the same time. I think this is so good for people to hear because you just totally nailed that question. And I think I, and I totally agree with everything that you have to say when it comes to that, because I think that even though, you know, like I said, for me, I work seven days a week, 24 hours. I work, I'm not actually 24 hours a day. I just, I work a lot to the point where I'm just exhausted, but I also travel at the same time. And it's, it's the days that I get a break. I feel, I feel refreshed. And the times when I don't, I just, I get, I start getting annoyed and agitated and, and things aren't done and I'm not as efficient. And I think to answer everyone's question who, who has asked that, that it's, it sounds like it's very important throughout every stage of the journey of building what you want in life to make sure that you schedule in breaks and time for yourself. I agree. So I want to end this by asking you like three little power round questions. So the first one is, what advice would you give to an entrepreneur who feels like giving up? Focus on the bigger picture and long term. Okay. And then and what is the first step someone should take to get their voice heard? Get clear on what you want your voice to be. Okay. And then what is the most eye-opening book that you've recently read that has helped you to take even greater action? Or just eye-opening book in general that you've ever read? Uh, if it's eye-opening, it's it, it's different for different phases of my life because some of them have to do with my personality. But let me give you one of the ones I just read that uh, was a pretty good book I finished. Hang on one second. Books. Uh, I read a book called uh, 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 Range recently that was good. Um, I just finished a book on... Uh, um, by uh, Malcolm Gladwell that came out, Talking to Strangers, that's a good book. And an all-time for me, it's probably one of the ones that's in my top 10 is Hypomanic Edge. It talks about the wiring of manic people, the wiring of people that have ADHD. 
the, the close relation between the crazy people in the world who end up making a lot of money and writing, you know, being written about in history books. So hypomanic edge would be one of them. That this has been so insightful. Thank you. I'll definitely have to check that out. That sounds really interesting. We have so much to learn from you and I hope that everyone listening took notes and I'm going to link all of your information in the show notes. But before we leave, would you let everyone know where they can find you? This is for the people who don't actually read the show notes. Yeah, no problem. You can find me on Valuetainment and uh, you can uh, send me messages on Instagram. I'll, I'll typically respond back. And I am hosting uh, our Vault Conference. We did our first last year. We're doing our next one, 2020, that's coming up. It'll be a three and a half conference uh, day with me. The last one we did, people showed up from 43 different countries. The next one's going to be in July. If someone wants to get more information about it, go online and uh, we'll be launching that announcement next couple weeks. Sounds amazing. Well, I so appreciate you taking the time today, Patrick, to come on the She Did It podcast, a He Did It episode, and I wish you nothing but continued success. And thank you for being so open and for sharing your story. And I can't wait for this to make an impact. Excellent. Thanks for having me, Cindy. Bye-bye.